podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to The Nat Coombs Show, the one we've been waiting for all year long. A weekend in Dublin for Notre Dame Navy. What a weekend it was. We knew the moment it was announced, the moment our friends at College Football Island told us that Notre Dame were coming over to Dublin this year, it was going to be off the chart and it lived up to the hype. Me, Ben, Propo, if you made it, and plenty of friends along for the ride, bringing you all the excitement all the thrills and spills of what was a brilliant weekend in Dublin. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Well, gang, we've made it. Uh, not a surprise that Ben and I are here in Dublin. Major surprise that I'm sitting across from Propo because, oh, just to recap, of course, you were at the Strokes gig last night. <laughs> Pretty much headed straight to the airport. We put a poll out at the NC show on Twitter. 59% of our listeners didn't think he'd make it. That is a that is a crunching majority. It is, but I've been proving people wrong my whole life, Nat, as you know about this. Um, people doubt me, but at the same time, I, I live a very similar lifestyle to Mark Wahlberg, so I actually wake <laughs> up at sort of 3 a.m. I've actually already done three workouts this morning before I'd even got in the cab on the way here. Hang of a scale, one to 10? Seven and a half. Okay. Right. Painkillers, working magic, coffees, working magic, and of course, the beautiful company of you two working its magic. Well, Ben, here we are, right? Well, we're not right in the thick of it yet because we're at the hotel. We're going to head downtown to get in the thick of it. There's a lot to do today. This is what I don't get straight off the bat. You are a card-carrying all-pro member of the NC Show crew. You and I have worked together over many, 20-plus years we've known each other, so many different things we've done together you always bring your a game this is the week special week for you your book's published it's getting fantastic fantastic responses by the way and yet you have to make your way to heathrow airport on public transport or propo on 27 minutes sleep chauffeur driven car it's door to door it's absolutely ridiculous his expense account is absolutely unreal and you cannot you cannot trust ollie with an expense account if anyone ever works with him please do not give him any credit i've literally expensed all of the beers that i had at the strokes last night i've expensed my strokes ticket because i thought it was a part of the weekend <laughs> it was like pre-game prep yeah exactly it was pre-game prep it got me got me excited got me up for it i had a wild friday night so it meant that i could be fully focused for the rest of the weekend i think you attempted to expense tobacco at some point earlier in the day as well. I'm just looking, I was stumbling because I'm looking out of the, the window, we're at the hotel, oh. so we're gonna head downtown. We were gonna give Propo a bit of a workout because don't buy that Mark Wahlberg nonsense. He is struggling a bit and it's suddenly the heavens have opened. So hopefully this isn't uh, gonna last for too long because there's so much we wanna get into, Ben, right? You've been studiously studying game day before we head to Aviva Stadium for the big show. Where are we heading? What's going on? Well, I think that there is a massive Notre Dame tailgate event at Dame Street and always Temple Bar. I mean, anytime anyone comes to Dublin, they want to come to Temple Bar. It's packed with fans there as well. Mm. So I think wherever we go in Dublin, we are going to be surrounded by fans, mostly Notre Dame fans. Although looking out the window, I did see some Navy fans, one in a Roger Starbuck jersey, perhaps the most famous quarterback ever to come out of uh, Navy. But I think the Navy fans are going to be most comfortable right now because they are going to be getting absolutely soaking wet and presumably they are used to that <laughs> yeah. in the Navy. The biggest question is, 
is Nat's makeup waterproof? Because <laughs> <laughs> if not, he I, is I, in I, trouble. You just crashed one of the greatest gags in the history of the <laughs> show from bed there. I think Nat's going to look good, whatever, in part That's because funny. we thankfully are not wearing matching tops, which we almost did. When we walked out of our hotel rooms, we had to make sure we were not matching, could have been believe disastrous. it or not. Both of us have cream hoodies with us. That could have been... <laughs> you would have never let us forget that one. Uh, there's a lot of love on Twitter already because we've uh, we, we posted a picture of Propo, actually, just to let everyone know that you, you did make it. I never doubted you, Propo, says John McDonald. Thank uh, you, Michael John. Michael McCready, we're going to check in with pretty soon. The OG Necky <laughs> from Michael. Um, he uh, has the biggest neck in broadcasting. I just like to say that exclusively it's a world record I've got it proven by we'll, Guinness we'll talk to him about that later um, this was genius from Jarhead it's Dublin so 100% he misses the flight home we hadn't thought about oh, that of course probably makes the flight point. back and then misses it home but the absolute winner so far anyway shout out to Dan Jones the underslept king of Plumpton <laughs> genius there so we headed straight into the action straight to Aviva Stadium and ran into our friend Chris Milner, National Vintage League, Channel 5 fame in the house, right. looking, may I say, very dapper pitch side. Most of the Notre Dame team thought I was part of the squad. I uh, mean, you have the build, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, you have the look. Cornerback. <laughs> yeah, my favourite position, Emmanuel Chris Milner. We're pitch side, base is filling up. No Ben, though. Where's Ben? Ben didn't get pitch access because uh, he's not important enough, apparently. Oh, he's going to be fired for this. I can feel it. So listen. There's a lot of fans here, primarily Notre Dame as we expected. So I've got a little mission for you. I want you to head into the throng, find me some Navy fans as well. I'm sure you're about to chat to both, but find us some Navy fans, right. get us some predictions for the game, yeah? Let's try and get some Navy players. Maybe present, former, see what we can do. Let's Am see what Ambitious, but I yeah. like that. I like I'm, that. I'm not wearing the right kit for it, let's be honest. <laughs> I'm probably going to get punched in the face. Is it the jacket up? You'll be fine. Yeah, I'll get press ganged and actually put on a ship if I turn up. All right, good luck. Well, it's Ireland. You're going to get soaking wet one way or another, mate. <laughs> right, right, right. So, I heard you played for Navy. Is that correct? That is correct. What year was that? Uh, 88 to 91. Let's go. Okay. And we just were at a party with Irv Smith, who was the tight end for Notre Dame when I was the tight end for Navy. So, that was kind of cool. Wow. Did you play against each other? We did. Yeah. Who came out on top? Two, two, uh, they won. <laughs> Bro, no one's going to know. You could have said yous. But it was close. <laughs> okay. And clearly you guys are pretty outnumbered here today. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we're in Ireland. But given the fact you're massive underdogs, you're in the smaller number of people. Do you think you're going to cause an upset today? Yes. Yeah, we do. Predict it. What's the score? Oh. Give me the Vicky Valancourt from the Waterboy. Oh, I would say 21, 21 17. Let's go, you heard it here first. I'm going to say 27-23 Navy. Squeaker. Because we're, we're going to run a new offense that Notre Dame is not ready for. Okay. It's, and nobody knows about it. But you know about it. I, I, I do because I have the inside scoop. You want to share it with us? <laughs> no, you'll find out tonight. You heard it here first, 23-27. So pass the ball a lot more than Navy ever has. What do, what do you think is going to happen today? 27-24 uh, Navy. Loose lips sink ship. So you're never gonna get any intel from us. All right? True midshipmen over here. We haven't got any hidden fighting Irish fans under here. This is pure Navy, yeah. Well, guys, thanks a lot for coming over. I appreciate you. Cheers. Enjoy the rest of your day. Cheers. Thank you, guys. Fine work from Mr. Chris Milner there. A fine start to proceedings. I'm now in the press workroom at the Aviva Stadium. And it will not surprise you, one iota gang that Propo is already studying the odds for the game. Uh, and Ben is in 
the hunt for more food, it seems. Um, he's got a massive plate, partridge style. <laughs> he's brought his own plate to the buffet. Uh, so I'm going to get busy and go and find some more friends of the show. I know Ash in the NFL is about, so we're going to go and check in with her. But first up, let's get the Irish perspective. Of course, we need to do that from our friend Michael McQuaid. I spoke to him a little bit earlier on. Here's the best bits from that chat. Nat, look, first off, mate, can I, can I just welcome you and your whole team? Um, obviously, Ollie, Ben, and everybody else as well. It's it's just to, just to Dublin, Ireland, and I'm 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 really excited to to head to the game there. But like not like earlier on in the city centre, Dame Street, which is just above Temple Bar, they've closed it down and renamed it to Notre Dame Street, and there was like twenty or thirty thousand people on the street. Like the bands were playing, it was just just something else. You know, and that's I think that's what sort of hits home. It really was and really is and has been this week. Something very, very special. I feel like this is the moment where Ireland today will show itself as a true player, a, a, a true contender in this sport. Uh, and I feel it's it, it's obviously done that throughout the years. Obviously last year with Northwestern, Nebraska, and in the 90s when the Steelers played the Bears in an NFL preseason game. But I think now in in a modern Ireland, in a more progressive Ireland, in an Ireland which is embracing its culture and embracing its connection with the United States, I think today we'll put a marker down for the future of the sport overall, both college and NFL on this island. Friends of the show, left, right and centre here at Aviva. Ash, good to see you. First college game? First college game in Dublin, the motherland for me, my hometown almost, and I'm excited. I love this. Caught plenty of NFL games, so it's early doors I know. The stadium is filling up. We're about an hour from kickoff. Early thoughts in the similarities, differences between a college game and an NFL game? It's honestly the atmosphere and the vibe is very different. So I think it's mostly the fans that have come over, especially there's 40,000, I think, minimum American fans that have come over to Dublin for this. And this very much feels like a home game for Notre Dame almost. Obviously, I've seen tons of them already today. I mean, it's what? I mean, 95%, 5%, isn't it? On oh, the streets? Exactly. Fighting Irish all the way, obviously, here in Dublin. Um, but there's just seems something special in the atmosphere about this. And this seems like the game to kick off the college season for. So, yeah, the vibe, the atmosphere is electric almost, yeah. Ben, is there any sporting event in the world that doesn't play Sweet Caroline at some stage of proceeding? I mean, if there is, I would like to attend that sporting event because I think I've heard this a million times in the last 12 months alone. We are, what, about 10 minutes away from kickoff? Looking uh, down on the field. Maybe you've gone back into the locker room. Notre Dame with their gold helmets resplendent going through their final paces. So look, game preview, and obviously we're going to pick things up in the morning and have a lot of fun at your expense if this prediction is, is wildly off. But Notre Dame are heavy favourites, aren't they? From a, a, a listener perspective, players in this roster, on this roster that are draft candidates, stars in the team this season, give us some players that you think could really stand out tonight. Well, I, for me, it's, it's all about the Sam Hartman show tonight. There are, there are some fantastic players on the offensive line who I think are going to be drafted, but I think in terms of excitement, for most of the people who are listening right now, they're going to want to see what Sam Hartman does. He's been, he was an absolutely fantastic quarterback in high school. 
had some tough times at Wake Forest, and this is his big opportunity. He's basically got one last season to show what he can do to NFL teams. And that's what I think it's going to be about. So today, if they can keep him protected, he can pick Navy apart. Because in terms of talent, there is such a difference between these two teams because of the way that Navy has to recruit. Everyone Navy signs up has to commit to join the Navy. They can't just play football. So you're always fishing from a smaller pool. But I think what, what I'm most looking forward to, even more than Sam Hartman, is seeing exactly what sort of offense Navy run. For so many years, they've run a triple option, a lot of running, barely passing the ball, just run, 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 run. And we've been told that's gonna be different today. They're gonna to debut a brand new offense. And the thing is, is that that's what can keep this close because whatever Navy are doing, Notre Dame will not know what that is. They will have no tape on it. It's gonna be something brand new. So their defense will not know what to, pre what to prepare against. And we can now see the Navy players, the, sorry, Notre Dame players all coming together. And my word, those are the shiniest golden helmets you're ever likely to see. They are so bling. I mean, I'm, uh, imagine Chris Milner will be wearing one of those a bit later on when we, when we hit the town. So final thoughts, from a perspective, which we touched on last year when we were here, of course, for all of those players on both sides that aren't going to the NFL, this trip, this experience, this game, the next three hours of their lives will be amongst the most special of their entire playing career. Yeah, in the old days, going to a bowl game at the end of the season really felt like a massive reward. It felt like this was a trip where you were kind of pampered to a certain extent. But over the last decade, those bowl games have become devalued because they were basically just exhibition games. But when they play this game in Ireland, it's not an exhibition. This is, their, this is the first competitive game of the season. This will be by far the most watched game of the week in America. This game means a huge amount. It's a massive rivalry. They've been playing each other for decades. For Notre Dame, this is, this is a must-win game if they are going to want to have any chance of getting into the college football playoff. So it's not just this great occasion that they'll remember forever like a Super Bowl for them. It actually means so much, whereas the bowl games, they are... They are far less important than they used to be. This is much bigger. So for, the, for these players who don't go on to the pros, don't play on Sundays, and they look back, this is one of the ones they'll look back on so fondly because this is, this is like them being international stars. This is them being superstars. And we know how much you love your, your college ball as well as your NFL. We're seeing now the marching band coming onto the field, the theater, the distinction you get in terms of the environment and the, and the show with a college game in full effect. And I imagine, just, just based on seeing a lot of NFL jerseys around Dublin today, there are a lot of NFL fans in the house. This is their first college experience. What can they expect for that side of proceeding? They, they should expect a hell of a lot of noise, more noise than we'll get for the international games in London because this is such a partisan crowd. This is very much a Notre Dame home game. Now, if you've ever been to one of the games at uh, Wembley or Spurs and there's a designated home team, it doesn't mean a whole lot. There's extra branding around the stadium, but it's a whole mix of people. Whereas at least two thirds of this stadium is here to see Notre Dame win. So you'll get that college atmosphere. You'll get that noise. You've got the marching band. You've got students who have come over. It really feels already like we are in a college stadium. And that is, that is something that 
we only get once a year here in Dublin. We don't get that true American atmosphere anywhere else. You'll be looking forward to it for months. It is almost time for kickoff. You've done the hard lifting, Benny. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the first half. Thank you. It's, it's time to let the fireworks go. Benny, half time and nail bitingly close. Yeah, it's it's a shame that it's turning into a blowout, but the the home fans are very happy. Um, we should probably paint the picture of what's happening on the field right now because it's spectacular. Yeah, I've got to say, the marching, Notre Dame marching band is as good as I've ever seen. And I've seen the Ohio State marching band, and that's often considered to be the, the best in high-level college football. Notre Dame marching band has been absolutely unreal. Right now, the band is in formation with the ND logo. Chris Milner, friend of the show, I'm looking right over at him now. He's, what, six feet away from us. Redesigned the NC Show logo. It's on another day. We're for this show. We put it out on our social channels. Do you think if he proper shouts down to them now, they might do that? I mean, he's got pitch side access. <laughs> he could just go down and do it. One, my favourite thing was when they did the shape of the island of Ireland. They brought out a flag. Everyone went crazy. Like, everyone has really got into this. It has very much felt like a Notre Dame home atmosphere. They've been enjoying the points. I'm sure the Navy fans are a little bit disappointed, but I mean, we've been watching this Navy offence. We were, we were told to expect a very different Navy offense. In the past, they've just been run, 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 run. And that's all we've seen today. They've only thrown one pass. And it would have been cleared for a touchdown if two receivers hadn't run into each other. But Notre Dame have been efficient, scoring plenty of points. And I think while they continue to score points, I think the home fans will continue to make noise and be happy. It is interesting, isn't it? We knew it was going to be a fiercely Notre Dame crowd here in Ireland. What is likely to happen to a team like Navy that have come over, and as we said earlier, pre-game, for most of them, the biggest game of their lives in, in so many ways. What's going to happen in the second half? They, the last thing we want to see is an absolute blowout here. Can you see them fighting back into it? I think they will continue to play with a lot of pride. They've they've traditionally played Notre Dame really, really hard. There's this, there's a wonderful level of respect within this rivalry. And I think Navy will stick with their starters. They will want to just try and keep this as close as possible. I don't see a way back for Navy, hot take. But I think we're going to see a lot of backups come in for Notre Dame. We're going to see a lot of players who've, who've come over, getting their chance on the field. And Navy are just going to try to hold them and play tough. We'll, we'll see how well that works. Last but not least, quick one. Last year, we managed to somehow schmooze our way into the uh, president's suite post-game. A uh, little bit worried that Proper hasn't been on the case this year. I haven't been as yet given a wristband for that. Coupled with your lack of field access, I'm, I'm really concerned about his lack of focus on this particular Dublin trip. I mean, I feel he's let everyone down. I'm starting to wonder if life would have been easier if he had missed the flight. <laughs> you could still miss the one back. Remember yeah, that. I mean, maybe that'll be easier for everyone back home. He could just stay here and learn a lesson. We'll pick him up next year. Yeah, yeah. See, see you at FSU Wake Forest, Ollie. And gang, I think Ben is onto something because you've probably gathered from the change in acoustics and surroundings. We are not in the stadium anymore, but neither are we in the presidential suite as we were last year, hanging out with Mike Wilbond and all kinds of Northwestern dignitaries. We should be cracking a beer with Will Ferrell right about now. 
talking MMA with Conor McGregor right about now in the presidential suite. If there was any justice in the world, instead of dignitaries, it's just um, an indignitary. <laughs> we are back, instead of being in the presidential suite, back at the hotel after a complete Notre Dame blowout. No respite was there for, for Navy in, in the second half. They did get on the board. That's something, I guess it wasn't a complete whitewash, but it was a formidable performance from the Fighting Irish. One that we should be toasting with our wristbands, as is <laughs> typical of this show, but instead, no. Back here, uh, at the, and it's a lovely hotel. I want to shout out, by the way, to Alana, who's really taking care of us here. But that's not the point, Propo. Standards are slipping. What do you have to say for yourself? How unbelievably shallow of both of you. <laughs> I would just like to put that out there. At the same time, we've got a full off season. We haven't spent any time together. And you'd be rather boring Will Ferrell, Ben, with how you iron your trousers every morning than here <laughs> cracking open a Guinness with two of your best friends in the entire world. But no, you want to be living the high life. You want to be drinking champagne, eating prawn sandwiches <laughs> instead of being in the alpha suite, recording a podcast with two of your favorite people in the world about one of your favorite subjects in the world, college football. I mean, I guess, yes, Nat and Chris Milner are two of my favorite people. <laughs> um, Chris Milner's definitely one of my my favorite people now, by the way, because I am back at the hotel wearing a Joe Montana original Fighting Irish jersey gifted to me for my birthday by our friend Chris Milner. Thank you, Chris. I, I massively appreciate that. And what a day to be given that, of course, because at halftime, as we're getting our bearings, who rocks up on the field? Yeah, I the the reception that Joe Montana got when he came out came on the field was absolutely fantastic and. I think Sam Hartman had already thrown three touchdowns by that point. And I, I don't think anyone's going to mix the two up. But Sam Hartman looked pretty much impeccable. But Montana is the standard bearer at Notre Dame. One of the most legendary players in NFL history. And, I mean, he was probably in the presidential oh, suite as he, well, wasn't definitely. he? Definitely. And you know what? Because obviously I recreated the catch with the great Joe Montana and co. Uh, back at one of the NFL London tailgate parties that interviewed him for Channel 4. I mean, I'm certain he'd remember all of that. And <laughs> we could have been just hanging out and breaking bread. He was probably asking after you. I'm sure he was, mate, to be honest. I think you, one of you two, I think it was you, Benny, on, on our Twitter feed, pointed out that Montana, of course, because for those of you will remember the great footage of Montana pointing out John Candy in the crowd at the Super Bowl, and you suggested he might be pointing out me. Yeah, I'm sure that I could see him kind of look, just looking around in the direction of yeah. the press box, and I assume he was looking for you. Yeah. And at that point, you were probably very busy working, making notes, working on the show, making sure that of course. Ollie was actually on it and yeah. not just uh, eating Maltesers. So <laughs> I... <laughs> we did also have, actually, the, in terms of... Because, of course, Ben studiously... Uh, assessing the food situation throughout the course of the entire trip. trip yeah, that's actually all he cares about. Where do we feel, how do we feel about the ch chips and curry sauce, which Chris brought up, gave Phoebe, I think it was Phoebe's first When you say brought ever. up, he pushed them. You didn't mean he brought them up. No, yeah, he <laughs> bought them. He bought them and brought them up to us. Maybe Phoebe's first ever experience of chips and curry sauce, I think. Yeah, but Phoebe had some weird concoction of just loads of random things in a pot of chips. You know what she would see what Phoebe had? She had jalapenos, like bacon, tomato she sauce. Threw anything she threw anything she could have. She literally just threw everything. It was like a pick and mix, but chips. Yeah, yeah. Gonna say, it's a, it was a chip pick and mix. She may have invented the chip pick and mix. We're talking about a top athlete here in Phoebe yeah. Schechter as yeah. well. Who was managing yeah. 
to <laughs> plough through that at half time. Uh, I'd also like to point out that, by the way, it wasn't he. Joe Mantano was pointing at Nat in the crowd, but it wasn't to say, "Oh, look, there's Nat Coombs, that bloke I recreated the catch with." It was, "I said I would only come if you promised me he wouldn't still be here." <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was ejected pretty yeah. moments after that. So, quick reflection on the game, Ben. We at halftime speculated that. Notre Dame might yank a lot of their starters early in the second half. It didn't prove to be the no. case for it. They kind of ran up the score and, uh, and went for the jugular. Based on the chats we've had about NFL prospects and high round draft picks potentially, what have you picked up from the performances you saw yesterday? How many of these players do you think we'll see in the NFL next year? Um, I would say there were, there were probably at least four who were going to go in the draft. Sam Hartman is the wild card. We don't know how his season is going to pan out and what people will think of him. But so were, on that, if he has a good, like it says, I mean, because at the moment you're saying they're top 15 ranked, clearly in the mix for a, a strong Notre Dame yeah. season. If he is playing at a solid level throughout that and they have a successful season by their standards, what does that mean for his draft collateral? Is he going to be a second, third? Could he go first round? I mean, I think he's got the potential to go first. To me, I think he looks like a second rounder. Mm. But he looked so slick yesterday. We'll have to see when, when he plays against some tougher opposition. But also part of the, his success yesterday was he had so much time. Mm. The offensive line was fantastic. Uh, a couple of names to watch out for. Joe Alt is one of the top prospects in the entire draft, one of the offensive tackles at, at Notre Dame. And Blake Fisher, who was also fantastic yesterday, Notre Dame were able to do whatever they wanted. They controlled the line of scrimmage. And those are probably the two best players on their, on their roster. And they're just going to make Sam Hartman's life so much easier. Mm. And it was, it was a little bit disappointing the way that Navy couldn't really get any sort of penetration. I was, I was hoping for a little bit more from their defense. But I think it just it just pays tribute to how good that Notre Dame offensive line is, and this is a this is a team that will not lose many games this year. Is there a tougher position in college football than being a Navy wide receiver? Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah the 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 Navy wide receivers. In in a way, it's an easy job because you don't do much. They they only threw one pass in the first half, but that pass was to an open wide receiver in the end zone. The problem was there was another open wide receiver in the end zone. They both went for the same ball, basically <laughs> ran into each other. And at that point, that meant it would have made the game se seven apiece. And yeah. all of a sudden, things would, have been, things would have been different. It was quite nostalgic though, because it took me back to under 11C cricket. You know, when the ball goes up in the air and two players and you can Bam. see it coming from a mile off. They're both running for the same ball, only focusing on the ball and they just run straight into each other. Yeah, it was it was not good. And of course, we were we were we were promised there were going to be moments of wide open spread offense. And that did not materialize. They they started throwing the ball a little bit more in the second half, but they clearly had their game plan to run, 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 run. And it was it was not working. I mean, if you are if you are a wide receiver on on the navy team then i mean you're probably doing a lot of running but you're not doing a lot of catching how big a problem is this do you think for the five year stand we saw a close game last year a blowout this year how important do you think it is for the games to be competitive i mean i know this is an exceptional year because it's notre dame and we've got to touch on just one more time, how unbelievable the atmosphere. Oh, mm. I mean, just to take, you've been at a lot of sporting events now in your career, career. You've seen a lot already. Where does that rank just in terms of the connection between Notre Dame 
in Dublin, the buzz and, and the atmosphere. What was your take on all of that? I thought it was absolutely sensational. I don't think I've ever experienced anything like it, especially in the circumstance of having so many people coming from a different country to kind of create that kind of atmosphere. Right. And it did feel very special. And at no point, despite the fact that it was a complete blowout and we knew pretty much within the beginning stage of the second quarter that this was going to be a relatively easy win for Notre Dame, mm. that there was still so much energy in the crowd. There was still parents lifting their kids up, doing press-ups in the air every time. Which took us quite a while to work out what the hell was yeah, going on. Yeah, Phoebe, was Phoebe actually tried to save one of the kids, I think at one point, thinking <laughs> that they were actually in a lot of trouble, not quite understanding the, the tradition that is doing it. Basically, they have, to, they have to lift the kid in the air, don't they? That's right. For every point scored. That's been scored, yeah. yeah so exactly. they kind of push up, yeah. Um, yeah, is it like a kind of vertical... Just, yeah, what yeah, literally, yeah, it's literally just a press up in the air. So yeah, you're pushing up in the air. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like a shoulder raise. Shoulder raise. Um, but no, and also the one thing that I can't get over, and you guys spoke about it at half time, is how unbelievable the band is and how unbelievable yeah. the pageantry is surrounding the college game and surrounding this whole instance. The fact that they flew all of them over there, but they also, in the same way that Notre Dame didn't miss a trick in terms of their sort of offensive play, offensive gameplay, defensive play, obviously only allowing three points. I don't think you saw one misstep from it's the band. It's a great point. It's Amazing. a great point, yeah. And, and it, uh, on the one hand, it's, a, it's par a bit of a paradox, isn't it? On the one hand, it is so eye-catching and so alluring that you... I'd really drawn into it but at times I don't think that is given the the, the, the squad's not given the credit that they deserve that it is it was flawless Literally and it's flawless. so complicated what they do and also the positioning they moved the amount of different letters and yeah. symbols and signs they made I mean that literally must take like that must take even more of an in-depth pre-season than college football, no? Do they have film room, do you reckon? I would be amazed if they don't study their performances. Yeah, they must and I, do. And I bet they scout other bands as well. Because that it is it is a competitive thing, a kind of high-end college football. The bands, that is a big thing at halftime with a, with a lot of them. The Ohio State band is incredibly famous and I think has come to London for an NFL game. Like that's how big a deal they were. But this is the thing is they didn't just bring the team over and play the game and like slap some logos around the Aviva Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, brought, they brought the energy and atmosphere of Notre Dame Stadium and they brought it to Dublin. The band was absolutely unreal. They were, they what about the DJ? What do we feel about the DJ? Rubbish. <laughs> DJ was rubbish. Because we, so we dropped the first few first few bars of House of Pays jump around. I yeah. know you made the point, Ben, that it's so indelibly linked with a, with a rival that I, yeah. I get it. Was that why they didn't go there? I because mean, maybe, but it seems strange to kind of tease it and then go into other things. And we had like some Spice Girls. It was, it was, a, it was, <laughs> well, a, that, that was great. It was, yeah. a, it was a strange, it was a strange mix. Um, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't spoil anything. But to go back to your point um, about the blowout, age yeah, about five minutes was, ago, the question yeah, I actually yeah, meant to I ask. I think yeah. this this one is a special case. Yeah. I think people were going to see Notre Dame win with a victory lap. I don't think yeah, yeah. that most Notre Dame fans were nervous about the result. I think they were. They were perhaps nervous about the performance. In the will this does it look like we are a well-oiled machine after. Um, after all our off-season? And the answer was yes. We'll, you know, we'll see how, how well that takes. So I think for this year, that, that, that doesn't matter. I think uh, the idea of a Notre Dame blowout was absolutely fine for the people who were there because it was a very partisan crowd. For future years, you want it to be a bit more competitive. We've got Florida State, Wake Forest next season. Um, Florida State looked like they could be one of the most exciting teams in college football next year. Um, I think they're already ranked in the top 10, so higher even than, than Notre Dame. So 
I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be a very different style of atmosphere because it'll be the first time in one of these games in Ireland we've had two teams from the south. Yeah. And I want to see how that southern college atmosphere comes across because we've had a lot of Midwestern teams come over. And, you know, Notre Dame and Nebraska both brought lots of fans the last two years and certainly made it seem like a home game for Nebraska, even though it wasn't as dominant um, in, the, in the stands as it was for Notre Dame. But it's very different in the South. Mm. And I want to see, and I, I like the idea of having that, having that different mix, and that's a divisional rivalry. So it should, be, it should be good, but we want them to be close. I have a question for both of you. And this, might, this is a bit of a thinker, so take the time. Oh, God. If you could bring one thing from the pageantry of American sports, whether it be a college game like we witnessed yesterday or something that you've seen in the NFL when you've been over there, even a baseball game, an NBA game, to English sports. Because I think they're so vastly different in terms of the entertainment experience. I mean, England, like all we get realistically at halftime football matches is a kid's team trying to score a penalty against the mascot. And that's all we get. And no one really pays attention unless they score and random cheers come through. But most people use that as an excuse to go and get a pint. Yeah. You're never really staying on to sit there and actually still look at what's going on on the field. Before the game, again, it's just all basically just around drinking, isn't it? Let's be honest. If you could bring one thing from America to the UK in terms of sports pageantry, what would it be? Tailgating. So, tailgating. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't, I can't see how that would it, yeah. mesh can't. in this country. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, so so for, fo- for football, for football, yes. But I think for lots of other yeah, sports, true, that's fair. like if you had outside, outside Lords, um, ahead of ahead of a big cricket match, and you had a massive tailgate, and people kind of cooking and drinking, or outside a, like a big international rugby match yeah. taking place in the evening, and that was all outside. That would be amazing. That's better than just being in the pub for hours trying to get served. You know, it wouldn't work for domestic football or no. international football. Any kind of football, you, it the, would fail. The two things I think. Um, let me go, Carson, and pick two when you've asked for one. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> It's not exactly um, a half-time thing. Well, actually, you, okay, I'll give you a half-time one. That's where the Lev Bell exhibition boxing goes. Wow. <laughs> That's where you just put that on a put That's that on actually a not a bad shout, actually. You get three rounds in. I mean, yeah. I, would, I would watch that. I, it, so this isn't a half-time thing specifically, but... What about a fan from each side? A fan from each... Yes. <laughs> fan from each side. goes to a boxing It's for charity. Um, <laughs> I would say one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in all my years with seeing sports all around the world is at Yankee Stadium mm. when Mariano Rivera, the Sandman, the close, the legendary closer for the Yankees, enter the game. And because of the bullpen, of course, the bullpen is to the side, as it were, of where home plate is. And a little door opens and, <laughs> and the pitcher just walks onto the field. But with Mariano, 80,000 Yankee fans enter Sandman dropping. It is, it was, I mean, the the prototype of a formidable entrance. So I'd quite like to see that being introduced to football rather than just coming off of, of the bench. So yeah, we're bringing on, yeah. bring on Paquetta and he comes <laughs> through a little side door. So entrance music, entrance music for like Premier League substitutions. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Almost like that a ring, like a ring walk. That would yeah. be amazing. Yeah, that's where, I, that's where I'd take. Yeah, so you're basically taking a bit of Mariano, a bit of WWE. <laughs> you're just... That's Paquetta's music. <laughs> <laughs> now listen, that's I want, a great show. I want to shout out 
because we gave a shout out to Alana and thank you Alana for letting us use use the um, what was the the we're, alpha meeting we're in the, the alpha suite we're in the alpha suite at the Muldron Hotel at Dublin Airport the alpha suite the alpha suite we're just, the alpha dogs it is one of those you know corporate suites where it reminds me of last year Benny mm. when we recorded similarly we recorded an episode I think with our friend Lauren from Northwestern in, in one of the um, the hotel conference rooms and Propo had written some motivational words on the whiteboard. He had. They, they didn't really get through to me. I think he's going to have to do, to do better. It perhaps wasn't as direct enough. It was a bit too subtle. Don't be... Something. <laughs> don't something. Be, yeah. <laughs> don't be expletive. Don't I think, be really bad, but uh, in a slightly more expletive word. So, uh, uh, shout out to Laura, but I also want to give a shout out to uh, Samantha, because when we checked in, very early flight from London, we checked in. Mm. And she was very, very welcoming to us and trying to sort out our rooms for us and everything else. And as we were talking to her, at, uh, once we'd arrived, we were giving our names. And I was, I'd given mine at Nat Coombs. We also have uh, Thornton, Ollie Thornton, <laughs> which led Ollie to say, that's quite James Bond of you. Right? Which oh, yeah. was, right? <laughs> Ollie then said, then announced to us, Ben, he's never seen a Sean Connery James Bond film. Yeah, he said. I, he said he's only seen. Did you say he's only seen Daniel Craig? Apart yeah. from you saw one Pierce Brosnan. Seen one Pierce Brosnan. Didn't rate it. But never, seen never seen a Roger Moore. Never seen a Roger Never seen a Sean Connery. Never Bond seen film. a Sean Connery Bond film. No. The, the most Gen Z thing Propos ever said, and that mm. is a high bar, right? So uh, we couldn't believe this, and we were we were laughing with, with, with Samantha about the fact that Oddie'd never seen a Sean Connery film. And then I asked Samantha a question, which she, which I think she misunderstood, which was, "Who's your favourite Bond? Who do you think? Who do you think makes the best Bond?" So right? partridge. <laughs> well, you say that. Who do you think makes the best Bond? And she, I think, understood the question to be, which of the three of us? Would no, be she didn't. She thought you she... just asked her, would I make a good James Bond? I think she did understand it the way that Nat is saying it, but I think she felt he was fishing for a compliment. I think he was, she thought that what the customer at that point wanted to hear was, right, check in the name, You'd right, make... that Mr. Nat Coombs, yes, you would make a good oh, that's James amazing. Bond. Unbelievable. Immediately, fairness. Nat was on the, on the phone to his agent. Yeah, she, she was 10 pounds richer as well. She was belatedly <laughs> calling me the most credible Bond. She, she was, but she felt under pressure at that point to just be uh, polite. Rubbish. To be fair, James Bond does not iron his trousers, Ben. I think I can assure you of that. <laughs> that was probably partridge. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a fine way to start uh, start the trip. We still got work to do, though. Of course, we're here, you know, late night on game day. But we're going to be around tomorrow as well. We're going to be uh, soaking up the atmosphere before our flight back, and that is, of course, one of the big things of these weekends in Dublin. And you mentioned Ben, tens of thousands of fighting Irish fans coming over. They're definitely going to be enjoying Dublin on a Sunday. So <laughs> oh, yeah. we're going to try and get some kip. Maybe watch a bit of preseason NFL, but then mm -hmm. try and get some kip. Get ourselves back in the thick of it and then hopefully make it to the airport on time so we can record some shows next week. I mean, we've got, I mean, if we stay in this hotel, we've got no excuse for missing the plane because uh, the airport is a five minute walk away. But stranger things have happened. With us, I think anything's possible, yep. frankly. Um, fellas, brilliant. Get some kip uh, and uh, we will go again tomorrow. For all of you at home listening to this or wherever you are all around the world, listening to the show, we're back as we gear up to the NFL season next week. Propo has actually, we've been, we've been joshing and jesting, but Propo has been busy booking a fantastic lineup of guests for month one of the NFL season. We've been saying, God, all day long, I can't believe we are, what, two weeks away from kickoff. Mm. So there is a ton of business to be getting down to, and we'll be all across it here 
on the NC show. So we'll check in with you very, very soon. Bye for now. Do you not have like a James Bond sign off you can do? Of <laughs> course. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast Network.